Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Think back through this year. When's the last time you hopped on an airplane? For some, the answer is two weeks ago for Thanksgiving. For others, it could be longer. While flying these days can be stressful between long security lines and potential delays, once you've boarded and buckled in, it's reasonable to let out a sigh of relief and expect a fairly uneventful and comfortable flight. But obviously, the smooth sailing hasn't always been the norm. Aviation has come a long way since its birth in 1903. In school, many of us learned about the Wright brothers, who were the first to successfully build and fly a motor-powered airplane. Imagine taking flight in one of these early contraptions that were self-built, barely insulated, loud, and shook constantly in the wind. It's fair to say it might have felt like a wild wooden roller coaster ride that was still in early testing. While history has shed light on several aviation pioneers like the Wright brothers, Amelia Earhart, and other notable names, it's also glossed over many others. One hidden story is that of Bessie Coleman. In 1922, she became the first African-American woman to ever take flight. The thing that most amazes me is that this was at a time when commercial airlines didn't exist. Many people in this country, many people around the world, but let's just stick with America. Many people in America had never even seen a plane. So that's the era that these people were flying around and then doing stunts. That's Tanya Hart, who's part of Flying Free Films, which is our co-producer of the limited series podcast, Invisible Eagles, Bessie Coleman. She's also the host and producer of Hollywood Live with Tanya Hart. When we examine Coleman's story, Hart says she wasn't just an exceptional pilot, but a force to be reckoned with. After all, Coleman was the ninth of 13 siblings and came from a small, segregated southern town in Texas. She was a feisty black girl with big dreams. And that in itself puts you in danger. She eventually has to leave Texas and she goes to Chicago, where life is very, very different in Chicago for her. Because again, keep in mind, a part of the big migration from the South to the North was through Chicago for African-Americans at that time. And so by the time she got to Chicago, people, you know, they were living kind of large. The Roaring Twenties was happening, the Harlem Renaissance in New York. Well, in Chicago, there was a really great music scene. The fashion was off the charts. Black people always knew how to sell because they sold a lot for white people. So the seamstresses would make these incredible clothes and costumes. And she went there and she was like, oh, I have found my world. People like her, like the people she wanted to be. In Chicago, Coleman discovered more opportunities, but still wasn't able to pursue her love of aviation. So she dreamed big and moved to France, where she was able to obtain her pilot's license. Even though she found success in Europe as a performing stunt pilot, her heart was still back home in America. She became very, very popular in Europe. 
So when she comes back, she has to deal with what America really is, which is one of the reasons she went back to France, because she was like, oh, I got to go back to Europe. First of all, I need to learn how to do stunts. But the pressure of being in America at that time was a little bit much for her. In the U.S., it was the height of white supremacy and Jim Crow, a time when hate, discrimination, and violence spread wide and far. So lynchings began, riots began. Ironically, the same week that Bessie Coleman got her license in France was like 15 days after the massacre in Oklahoma. Hart is referring to the 1921 Tulsa massacre that took place in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In the summer of 1921, Greenwood, which was an affluent, predominantly black neighborhood, was looted and burned by white rioters. In a 24-hour span, 35 city blocks were torched, and historians today estimate that as many as 300 people died. And this wasn't an isolated incident. Across the U.S., millions of African Americans feared for their lives and faced countless barriers. Even today, this discrimination and bias plays an effect on how people in history are remembered. Hart highlights the differences in coverage and funding between Amelia Earhart and Bessie Coleman. We look at history today, and unfortunately, the history of African Americans has been purposely disregarded and in some instances just totally wiped out. But Amelia Earhart came along. Bessie Coleman got her license. I believe it was two years before Amelia Earhart. And then, of course, Amelia became the aviation, aviatrix darling of the world. She had more funding. That always makes a big difference because keep in mind, Bessie had to, after all of this fame and somewhat of a fortune, Bessie still had to scrap to get her own plane. You know, I mean, we're talking, she had to scrape together money and scrap together over this just to get a plane that was really old and dilapidated and just out of sorts, but it was her plane. Amelia Earhart didn't have to do all of that. She got her license and she got sponsorship. She got planes. She got press from all over the world. But for Coleman, this coverage by the U.S. press was biased. Bessie was getting press, but it was only from the black press. White press was not interested in Bessie at first. Eventually, when she went to Europe, that's where she got all of the press from. The white press was in Europe. Very little from here. So when you put all of that together, that's why people know who Amelia Earhart is, and they don't know who Bessie Coleman is. Just that simple. It's a matter of promotion and press and being in the history books versus not being in the history books. It's like, this is American history. You've got a woman who was the first female to get an international pilot's license, period. And you're not going to talk about that? Despite the unfair treatment and discrimination, she pushed past the hurdles to become one of the most talented stunt pilots of her generation. In her career, she specialized in stunt flying and parachuting, earning money and prestige performing aerial tricks. She was in pursuit of her passion, and she would not settle for anything less. She really would not. Even when she had to have planes that weren't as good as everybody else competing, she figured out how to make that plane fly as best as she could so she could win at what she was doing that day. 
To learn more about Bessie Coleman and our guest, Tanya Hart, head to viewpointsradio.org. Also check out the new scripted podcast series about Bessie Coleman's life and career titled Invisible Eagles, Bessie Coleman. Out now wherever you listen to podcasts. It's a limited series with eight easy-to-listen-to episodes that'll keep you hooked. For more behind-the-scenes and to keep up-to-date on upcoming stories, follow Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, Facebook, and X. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Gary Price. Coming up... Are you setting a New Year's resolution this year, or are you over it when Viewpoints returns? Coming up on Viewpoints. I told my doctor I felt fine, and in that same visit, that same 10 minutes, he found a baseball-sized cyst on my left ovary. Seven-time Olympic medalist Shannon Miller shares her cancer story and what she learned along the way. Then... The most popular and bipartisan issue in the country, 87% of Americans favor it. A very small number are opposed. What's the issue uniting both Republicans and Democrats? I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows and find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 